What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Run It Back here on Wildcat 91.9. It is good to be back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I am also here with my main man, Garrett. How are you doing, bro? What's up, Jasmine? I'm doing really well. Uh, so many sporting activities going on nowadays, uh, especially as we get into the the winter months. Oh, we got baseball, we got football, basketball's coming back, college pro, it's everything. I'm just saying, like, if you are a sports fan, this weekend was off the chain. We had the see the Wilder and Fury fight that happened. Which oh, was apparently yeah, supposed to be one of the best like boxing matches like in history one of so it's in that category apparently but i wasn't about to pay no 200 dollars to watch that fight. see me neither yeah i i was trying to i was gonna bootleg it but my site i've been using has been kind of playing with me lately so i was like dang i'm just gonna watch it on twitter and see what happens i was like dang i was really pulling for wilder but the man let me down again but that's neither here or there but there's a couple other things of course playoff baseball is happening the red sox had a had a grand slam against Tampa that puts them up 2-1 in the series. And then the White Sox were, like, avoided getting swept by the Astros. Yep, put up 12 runs today. Put up 12 runs. That's a lot of runs in baseball, that y'all. Is. If y'all do not know that. And then, of course, the WNBA Finals started this weekend, too, with the Phoenix Mercury and the Chicago Sky. So the GOATs, Diana Taurasi and Candace Parker, are doing their yep. thing. Game 2 should be coming on ESPN tomorrow, so please tune in to that. Candace is still doing her thing. God, I love Candace so much. I love Diana Taurasi. I was actually hoping the LA, uh, not LA, Las Vegas Aces would pull off the dub in the game five that came so close. <laughs> it, it, it gave me heartburn because it was so heartbreaking that it came down to the final shot that was blocked. I was like, damn. But it's okay. I'm, I'm pulling for Candace Parker, even though I love Diana Taurasi. There was just so much. And, of course, football just had to do its thing. College football, that was crazy. The biggest choke job by Texas. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Alabama falling to Texas A&M. We'll also get to that. And let's not uh, forget about the 200 missed field goals and extra points this weekend in the NFL. Yeah, it was 26, but it damn near felt like 200. Gosh, I've never seen or even heard of so many missed kicks. Be like, who? what are we paying y'all for? But we all know the one kick that was made was Minnesota. And they don't ever make kicks, but that was the one to beat the Detroit Lions which is they lost another heartbreaker. Yep, Mason Crosby also missed uh, five field goals to, uh, between extra points and field goals in that game against Cincinnati. He ended up closing it out as well, which was absolutely wonderful to see. If he did not convert that one, oh goodness, God, he probably would have been fired. <laughs> it's that's so hard to think about because he's always been so reliable. Yeah, he he had made twenty six up until that point. He has one of these games, or not twenty six. He, he's made like. He had made like 15 consecutive field goals or something. Oh, it was the- it was ridiculous. The last time he missed three field goals in a game was like three years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he has a pretty long chain, but like, uh, man, yeah, that- you missed that many kicks and lose the game. That would have been really bad for him, but luckily he was able to close it out. Shoot, that was really bad for the Bengals kicker because both of them, there was a total of, I think, five missed field goals in the last two minutes and overtime of that game do you know how ridiculous that is that both of these teams could have just essentially won at any point but they each keep kept missing field goals and of course you get the possession that where the ball was when that field goal was missed so literally 
nothing past like the 45 on the Bengals side and the 30 on like the Green Bay side or whatever you have it there was literally like a 30 yard space that was no, <laughs> that they were just playing in because everyone kept missing field goals they say oh third and five that's okay we're just gonna kick it no it's not okay because they missed it for a third time and it was just absolutely insane and it was kind of taking away from that the fact that Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase was absolutely balling yeah, against the Green Bay Packers. They had a chance to win this game many times, and I felt bad for Joe because he did have to go to the ER with a throat contusion. He, he did for real? For yes, real? he did. I heard something about it. I was like, dang, how do you get a throat contusion? I heard he got smacked, but I didn't know it was like throat smacked. Yep, like, choke slammed or something? He ended I, I didn't see what it was. I didn't even see it. I didn't even hear about it until later. Um, but they said, you know, he went home from the hospital. He was doing okay. He's probably going to be able to play next week. Um, but gosh, that just sucks for him and McPherson, the kicker who missed all those field goals. And yeah, he thought he made the final one. Yeah, he really did. He was they just it was just right missing, hitting the left flag of the cross of like the left crossbar or whatever you call it. And he was like, "Yeah, we did it!" All hugging him like, "Race me up again! This is three times this season already. Hit the game-winning field goal." Be like, "Oh wait, 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 wait! I I didn't make it." I didn't, it was just like the face, he was like, oh, damn. Yep, and I the was like, light oh, left damn. his eyes. <laughs> the my ever just, I was like, oh, just deflating. He thought he hit the game-winning field goal from like, what, 50 yards out, 49 yards out, and just bloop. That yep. was immediate disappointment. I think there needs to be, uh, you know, we've been talking about some crazy things over the last couple of weeks just because there's been a lot of really crazy stuff going on in the world of sports, but I think maybe we need to launch an investigation into are there, are there satellite beams interfering with kickers like what, what's going on here like there, this is it's just, 5g it's 5g that's it was right 5g man yeah we need to be out there looking for cell towers like what what are, what are we doing here like i don't witchcraft know. this is an know. anomaly i do not expect this to happen again but an investigation will be launched <laughs> this happens two weekends in a row it has to be or if it happens again tonight mm-hmm. with the indianapolis colts and the Ravens, so that'd be crazy. Why not? Just keep this crazy train going. But speaking of crazy trains, my gosh, did y'all see that Red River showdown between the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners? Yo, I... (laughs) Texas, bruh, (laughs) bruh, how do you choke that damn bad? I just, they were... This was a 21. They had they were up 21 points in the third quarter, and even just starting the fourth quarter, they were up still like I think 18 or 15 or something like that, and they completely choked it away. I was watching. I was like, no, they won't. They they can't. They can't choke this away. And the closer it got to the end, I was like, my gosh. But a huge part of this story is that Spencer Radler was benched just halfway through the second quarter. I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, it done happened again because he got benched last year in the Red River showdown for a guy who's not even there anymore. But he got replaced, and he got replaced by this cat named Caleb Williams, and my God. He looks really good. He looks so, so good. And we have a little clip from Lincoln Riley himself talking about why he had to bench Spencer and why he was so confident and like in Caleb Williams and also was how hard of a decision it was. So here it is. The decision to make the change to Caleb, was it difficult? And, and what was what was the factor that, that, that made you uh, pull the trigger? Yeah, it was. It was because, I mean, Spencer was seeing some things um, that that we missed early that weren't on him. And then I thought the, the big thing to me, though, was the turnovers. I mean, I just, you know, we made a. Um, just a mental error on the first one and then obviously the fumble and I mean just 
just knowing this game, you can't turn the ball over and win this game. I mean, it's it's very, very difficult to do. And so, um, yes, similar to a little bit to the year past, I, I really uh, was expecting to put him back in. I uh, didn't know it would come on maybe the single most important play of the game. Um, but, you know, he handled it like a pro. Um, I thought we got a little bit of a rhythm when Caleb came in. He did some good things. And so, you know, we were scoring, we were moving it. So I stayed with it. And uh, I'll tell you what, I know you guys are going to go write a bunch of stuff, do what you do. That's, that's, that's your job. That's not my job. But um, the trust I had to put Spencer in back in in the most important play of the game, uh, the, the, the guts he had to do to go in there and perform for his team, a guy that was sulking, uh, not, you know, not a team guy, not into it, not still wanting to win no matter what happened for him personally. Um, that's him, and that's why he was ready to go execute the most important play of the game. So I'm proud of both of those guys for how they responded to the start. We needed them both to win it. And uh, just uh, so we'll play better there as we go on with both of them, but proud of with both of them, but proud of Yeah, guys, uh, let me tell you this right now. Spencer Rattler is entering the transfer portal. There, there's no way he's staying after no. this. No, they were joking about it on Twitter, being like Spencer Rattler's into the transfer. No, it's gonna happen. It's like, definitely 100%. gonna happen. Like I don't know if y'all would saw this, but they one as soon as Spencer Rattler got benched, they stopped showing him on the sideline, especially when Caleb Williams started to ball out. And of course, the play that Lincoln Ryland was referencing was a two-point conversion to get it tied 48-48 late in the fourth quarter. So that's what uh, Spencer Rattler came back in for. But as soon as OU went on that final drive, a game-winning uh, run by uh, was it Tracy Brooks or what's his Ken- name? Ken- Kenneth, uh, Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy. I'm yeah. sorry, Kennedy Brooks. Like a 33-yard touchdown run to with three seconds left in the game. You know, of course, everybody was celebrating. OU was like, yeah, they brought out the golden hat and everything. <laughs> but then what I saw on Twitter was Spencer Rattler walking back to the OU locker room by himself, not even wanting to celebrate this huge comeback win against a Texas opponent and just he just he just left. He left his teammates hanging. That's not really a good look. No, and I mean he's he was on what's the show on Netflix where he was featured? Uh QB1? QB1. Yeah. I mean yeah. I've I haven't I've never seen the show but I've heard through my friends that he was just kind of a head case. Yeah. And obviously that is he's still having problems with that attitude um because obviously that's not a very good look and people are going to talk about that and it's going to be a a talking point for the media and just all this stuff that's unnecessary. And, you know, he's obviously, I think, probably going to enter the transfer portal and try to start somewhere else. Absolutely. And, bro, I, I've seen the clip of him, like, on Twitter. They they post, I've seen it a couple of times where it was Spencer Rattler in high school. And, yo, this kid is a total butt. <laughs> I'm just, like, how he was, like, talking to his other teammates saying, bro, you're trash. You're trash. You just face it, you're trash. This is his teammate he was telling this to. Right. His his wide receiver. I was I was like, you're not even gonna try to be like a I don't know a leader. I mean, you can you can criticize people, of course, but don't you know the sandwich like to like uh, compliment, criticize, and compliment again for leadership. But no, it, that was just something that he wasn't portrayed. But of course, he was in high school, so I guess we can't really have that follow him around. But now this time, I was just like, oh, bro, you even. Not even gonna try to celebrate with your team. Like this was such a huge win, and as soon as I saw that him walk away, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's done. It, it's it's done. This man is probably he he's writing his name down now. He's probably gonna go to the Pac-12 to get a confidence booster, 
or something like that because it's absolutely done and then this is probably the first victim of the nil what's he going to do with all that money from the people who are sponsoring him or the places that he is sponsoring and they paid and they paid him for what are they going to do with that there's so many questions going around this now yeah one thing i do know though is that man caleb williams played what second half right mostly yeah the entire second half 200 yards passing two touchdowns 88 yards on the ground a rushing touchdown he just put the team on his back it was insane and it i just i hate to say it but k-state last weekend was our best chance to ever beat ou again because that that looked like a totally different ou team when caleb williams was under center it it just it was it was just a whole new offense, a whole new vibe that they had with him that they didn't have with Spencer Rattler. Because the first, the majority of the first half I was watching and Spencer Rattler was still starting, I was like, bro, we so could have beaten this team. And I, and as soon as Caleb Williams came in, I was like, oh my god, uh, yeah, that was it for us. That was totally it for us, bro. And it it sucked because honestly, I thought Texas was doing great too. Because I was like, dang, so now Texas is gonna be a whole other issue. That's not really that much of a surprise. But I was watching, I was like, dang, that's 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 gonna be that's gonna be a toughie. We'd be lucky not to get blown out. But then I saw like, okay, so Spencer Rattler was making this Texas defense look good. But now once Caleb William came in, I was like, oh, they're getting smoked. Because how how do you let someone have a twenty one point lead? Like or you have a twenty-one point lead and it's just boom. You you could feel it coming. You really could. That's all I was saying. I was like halfway through the third quarter, like there's no way they 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 can't. They they just can't choke this away and they did. But that's that's that was that's more of like a praise for Caleb Williams than it is for Texas because I still think Texas is going to be a problem because they had what uh, this new uh, starting quarterback now that uh. Uh, Sam Ellinger as long Casey Thompson. Yeah, Casey Thompson, yeah. He was like 20 for 34, 388 yards, five touchdowns. Then B. John Robinson, we're familiar with him as he ran all over us in the last game, last home game last year. He had 137 rushing yards and one touchdown. And then Xavier Worthy, Woo! nine catches, 261 yards, two touchdowns. And that is a freshman, ladies and gentlemen. Average of 29 yards per catch. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. I was watching, I was like, we going to have some problems. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of not looking forward to it. I hope the choking Texas, you know, Texas Longhorns come back because we need that. These, these guys ain't no joke. Ain't no joke at all. Yeah, and it's like, yes, they did choke. They still scored 48 points, which yeah. is like crazy. Yes, yes. In the in an OU defense that was nothing really to sneeze at, at least before they faced us. And now it's so hard to dissect where we are because I was like, there, I have no idea. Because yeah. we played, we like our offense played well against this team, against OU. Our defense didn't play well. But now this offense, when I saw Spencer Rattler, I was like, dang, we totally could have beat them. Texas looks good. And then switch that over and be like, is Texas defense bad? I don't really know how to dissect this for future games. But it was just insane. We're going to cross that bridge when we get there and really hope for the dub because I don't want my heart broken again. Yeah, it's crazy that just like football is such a small sample size sport. <laughs> There's only a certain amount of games in a season, like way fewer than many most other sports. And it's just so hard to get an accurate read of of the trends week to week and what's reality, what's fraud, what's no extrapolating idea. too much. Like it's so hard to predict. It is so hard to predict. And something else that was super hard to predict because I don't think anyone saw this coming, Texas A&M unranked Texas A&M knocked off number one Alabama this weekend in a crazy game-winning field goal by Seth Small 
And my goodness gracious, I will tell you this right now, God wanted Bama to lose. Because <laughs> I watched that field goal, and it, it looked like it was going left, but I swear I have never seen a ball change direction show so sharply into the like to make the field goal ever before in my life. Because I, I watched it again, I was like, did it just switch, like, make a huge, quick direction change? I don't know if anyone else saw that. I was like, yo, this is insane. And it was super impressive by Texas A&M because Texas A&M, they've been very disappointing. They were ranked at the beginning of the season uh, fifth in the country. But, of course, their starting QB broke his leg, unfortunately, in the first game. And they've been stuck with their backup QB, who I think is a freshman or a redshirt freshman or something. But he was absolutely balling out Zach Calzada. And in the, like, just they, they had the tying touchdown. And he, and he hurt himself. He hurt his leg. It looked like... He looked like he was done for the night, how he was grabbing his knee and how long he was down. But then he came back on the final drive to get them in field goal range. And that was that's a that's a tough kid. Yeah. I've never been so impressed by by just that, especially against that Alabama team. It was just really impressive because, I mean, obviously we know how many future uh, NFL starters are on these te- these really high profile teams. And for him to come in as as young as he is and take over and beat Alabama they're handing them their first loss and of course Nick Saban was saying last week that you know this is a trap game or whatever people thought he was being sarcastic no this was a trap game yep I was absolutely wild it was crazy I I loved it I I'm just saying God wanted Alabama to lose that because there's no I've like I said I've never seen a ball suddenly change direction in 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 midair ever before in my life but Quit with that little happiness that we have here. We have some sad, some something sad going on. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last night, sorry, KC fans, they lost a tough one to the Buffalo Bills. We have a little clip from that from Get Up this morning. I'm going to take a quick listen, and then I'm going to let Garrett have the floor. Yeah, you this. can just go ahead and turn the mic off before this so I can just get my cry out before we go back on. I got just, you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I got you, buddy. Chiefs defense sucks. Amen, bro. Period. I mean, it's just period point Blake. And so many times we look at this offense and we can see all the things they, that they can do. We get so excited with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And oh my goodness, Travis Kelsey's under center. Oh my goodness, Tyreek Hill's under center. Oh, now it's Patrick Mahomes. Look at what they do. But you have to be able to stop people. And the reason that Josh Allen was ran so much last night is because they knew he was in no danger. Right. Wasn't nobody going to hit him. Nobody was going to be physical. There was no way that that quarterback was going to be hurt because the Chiefs defense is soft and when you're playing against a defense that's soft you treat them as such and that's what Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills did they showed us last night they're the more physical team no, and they're a no, the better no. football team Rex I feel like the, the perspective of everything might change because I think leading into last night many of us were still willing to give Kansas City the benefit of no the way. doubt just based on what we've seen does that change last night yeah no absolutely I went in that game thinking that the Buffalo Bills are by far and away the most complete team. Mm-hmm. They would have no problem in that game. And that's exactly what happened. They can actually play defense in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. All right? So that's what we saw. And they, they play their zone coverage. They get after it. They, right. they have playmakers there. And, by the way, they have four or five defensive ends that can rush the passer. And, and Kansas City has nothing. They have Chris Jones, who is out of the game. That's all they got in, in the Honey Badger. Two guys. They're the only ones yeah. that play with any type of uh, passion and tempo. The rest of them, you're right, Ryan. They are soft. Yeah. They've been soft. Patrick Mahomes and company has been able to overcome all those type of things. But their defense has never been any good. And so, to me, that's why this team, are they in trouble? You're dang right yeah, they yeah. are. Buffalo's clearly a better football team. The truth team. hurt. Well, I had hope. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. I'm so sorry. 
But you know what? As a fan, you get it all out. You say, okay, next week will be different. But this season, I'm not so sure next week will be different. I've been saying all season on this show that we are in trouble. <laughs> You've heard me. You've heard me say it. A couple times. And here we are. No Chris Jones. Frank Clark, honestly, honest to God, did not even know he was playing. He had zero effect on this game. <laughs> oh, boy. I forgot he was on the team last he night. He makes $100 million. Cut candidate number one. All I'm saying is our time, I think, to just skirt around these really difficult games is over because Patrick Mahomes plays extremely high variance, okay? He always has. The first year he came into the league, he was tied with Jameis Winston for turnover-worthy plays, okay? Yep. As great as he is, I know a lot of Chiefs fans, I, hey, I'm right there with you, it's hard to hear. He just makes a lot of questionable decisions sometimes. A lot of the times it works out because he's that good, right? Yeah, that's right. This season, he's been, he's been having a lot of bad luck. And it's about time that this bad luck came back around because oh. he's been getting very lucky the last couple seasons. See, I've been saying that, but people have been wanting to fight me. But please continue. Yeah. So here we are, losing to probably one of the better teams in the AFC. And we're at 2-3. and three. Okay? I've also been saying that the Raiders and the Broncos aren't as good as we maybe think they were. Or people, people seem to think they were. Which, again, has shown to be decently true so far. They're beatable. But God. <laughs> like Bottom of the division. People will remember Daniel Sorensen for making a couple key plays in the playoffs. He's not good. Nah, but he got smoked twice. He did? Twice. Rashawn Fenton had a couple nice plays. He was guarding Stephon Diggs, held him to 69 nice receiving yards. <laughs> and Dawson Knox for the Bills has just been breaking out all over the place. He only had three catches, but 117 yards and touchdown. He's been on fire this year. He's really become that kind of second target for Josh Allen. You let a tight there. end become a deep threat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who was covering him. I assume it was Sorensen, yeah. <laughs> but Sneed, and, and they were acting like Charvarius Ward being out was a big deal. He's already trash. We already knew that. <laughs> oh, bro. Yeah, let it out, man. Let it out. Sneed's only really good at tackling and in the run game. He got hurdled on. Yeah. By Josh Allen. He did. On a third and five, third and six. Just swoosh. Yep. Hand on back, hurdled. No Orlando issue. Brown, we traded a first round pick for him. And I think a second as well. And we're going to have to pay him. He was trash in this game. Oh, Mahomes under pressure all night. Yeah. That whole line that y'all revamped. Yeah. I mean, granted, there wasn't really a sack all night, but hands was in y'all boys' face. And that's a testament to Patrick Mahomes' ability to escape. True. He, his pocket awareness is high-key, the best, one of the best I've seen. Yeah, yes. but this defense, again, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, this is how good they are. They still had 57 and 63 receiving yards. <laughs> like, they still were productive. But they were able to stop the big plays. And this is what's going to be really difficult. Do I think we're out of the playoff race? No. I was overreacting on last week's show when I said, I think we're out of it. But, God, it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be really difficult. There's a lot of good AFC teams. 
And combined injuries with just our inability to find production on the offense other than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, to find that guy, Sammy Watkins, who can go out and make a big play every once in a while. Josh Gordon activated to the active roster. He didn't do anything. I mean, he we had barely a good had catch him in the game. Third down. He did. He had a he had a nice catch. But that was literally it, though. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> he wasn't threatening the defense at all. Uh, I'm. And to chalk it all up, Clyde, with the ankle sprain. That's an M- it, MCL. Or sorry, sprain. MCL sprain. Even worse. Which means big old Daryl is going to be carrying the rock going forward. Not inspiring, to say the least. No, y'all's run game has been getting exposed. No. Because they let y'all run all night, and that was still nothing. In a, no. in a rain-filled game. Yep. Nothing. And I know, also I know, this is the last thing I'll say. I know people will complain about the penalties, but a couple of those were makeup calls. Because the Bills also had a couple bad penalties called on them as well. That's true. I'm trying to be really neutral here. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I'm looking at you right now. You're trying to hide the pain in his, his eyes. Yeah. It's just, they're getting kind of glossy right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm sorry. It's just there's some there's a little bit of <laughs> sorry. There's there's some smoke in here. That's why. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm fine though. But <laughs> it's it's just looking like the every every defense is starting to figure y'all out a little bit. You do a Tampa two, a cover two safe, like you know, over the top safety look, and take away Tyreek Hill, which pretty much seems to be the key because all of the uh, Kansas City losses. The common denominator was that they pretty much took Tyreek Hill away. Yeah. I mean, he'll have a like a couple of yards. He like, but the big explosive plays, he wasn't getting any of those, and that's been the key to pretty much quieting down this offense. And then, of course, their defense is absolute trash, last yep. in the league. This is what we get for not then, spending high draft capital on D on DBs. Like, we just act like, oh, it's not going to catch up to us. It, it is catching it's up to us. Up now. And, geez, like, I'm losing my composure. <laughs> I know you are. I'm so sorry, but No, it's fine. Hardman, we thought, would develop. He's really not shown to be anything more than a, a distraction for the defense. Uh, actually, it's true. They need to use Tyreek Hill as a distraction for the defense because that's the only way they're going to... They need to mix something up. Yeah, last thing I'll say here before we move on is, guys, don't think... like. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, we're not going to overreact to that, okay? But even Aaron Rodgers, even Tom Brady has had years where his team has been trash. Their teams have been trash, and they haven't been able to do anything. Because if you want to continuously win, we got to two Super Bowls, we won one, that's great. If we want to have continuous success, we need to build that team from the ground up. And luckily, Patrick Mahomes is willing to uh, shift his money around to make that as easy as possible. So we'll see what happens in the future. Not an inspiring game in the least. No. But let's move on before I completely yeah, lose it. Not at all. And I recall one of my super hot takes that I had was neither the Chiefs or the Buccaneers will make it to the Super Bowl. And to be quite honest, I'm kind of scared now because, one, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. Chiefs, they, they, they don't – I know it's week five. Yeah. I know it's week five. But they don't look Super Bowl worthy no. right now. And I said that before the season as well. Like, the, I didn't think Bucks we're going to win. And the Bucs defense is not what they once were last season. So now I'm kind of scared I have to wear a wig. But, <laughs> Garrett, I'm glad you – Kind of got that off your chest. I yeah. know you're trying to keep it civil, you know, because we have we have listeners, even though they probably gonna be like, "Ooh, get mad, get angry," but you're like, "No, 
I'm going to be civil. I'm going to nope. be calm. Nope. Even though I see the rage in his eyes. And, of course, it's still smoky in here. And like I said, I'm all right. But Garrett, he's he's it's on that side yeah. of the room. So, yeah, it's, the smoke only affects me. It's, on, it's only on that side of the room. But we will continue on because I did not think we'd have to play the sad music three weeks in a row. But here we are. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry, bro. It's okay. But you know, Cowboys we'll won. get through it. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But a couple of things. There was a lot of good games on yesterday. Granted, not the Casey and Bills, you know, game that was like an hour and two minute delay because of thunderstorms and rain which sucked. But one of the best games that went on yesterday was probably Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Chargers. That game was absolutely insane. It had like, what, six different lead changes in like the final five minutes of the fourth quarter and it was absolutely insane but it ended up with um, the LA Chargers getting the dub in a 47-42 win but there's been a couple of talk this like this Browns team this Browns team is legit but the problem is possibly Baker Mayfield it's like they this is this is a team that can totally go to the Super Bowl but is Baker Mayfield holding them back and we have a little clip from Stephen A. Smith from First Take this morning. So I'll take a listen to that. Here's the real. Hold on, hold on. Here's the real. You ain't talking about no, You ain't winning no title with no Baker Mayfield. It's too many roadblocks. Now, we understand. Wait a minute. Nick roadblock. Chubb is a stud. Nick Chubb is a stud. That brother is something special. All right. And Kareem Hunt, they're a dynamic duo in the backfield. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough that their defense is not as bad as it looked yesterday. Giving they up, gave up 16 points, points a game. Yesterday they gave up 47. I, I, I totally understand. It's an aberration, which is why right. we, which is why we're gonna have a discussion about Justin Herbert a little bit later on in this show okay. because that's a brother that's worthy of being talked about. Having said all of that, here's the reality of the situation: you have a 14 point lead. You can stop the bleeding. Baker Mayfield wasn't able to do that. You could talk about his numbers in terms of his 300 yards, but ultimately you had a cushion against the Chargers that you wasn't able to hold on to. And when I look at it from that perspective, I'm thinking about when it was time for Stefanski to rely on somebody, to rely on somebody. He sat up there and, excuse me, listen, even in the last possession, all you needed, you you had to go down there, you had to get... What are you doing spending so much time, like 50 seconds or so, just to get 10 yards? You just look at some of the decisions that are being made, some of the decisions that Baker Mayfield made. He's good. He's talented. But when you look at Justin Herbert, you saw somebody that's just on another level. You see, when you look yep, at the Cleveland yep, Browns, hey, you look at the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns, it's because of Miles Garrett and that crew on defense and because of what they got going on in the backfield that makes you say they're going to be just fine. Baker Mayfield ain't the reason. And I'll tell you what the most glaring thing is, which is, once again, which is, once again, what you missed. How in God's name do you target Odell Beckham Jr. Two times. Three times. Two catches. Two catches. Odell Beckham Jr. Now, Joe had a big game. He had a 71-yard touchdown. All right, that was a lot of when Michael Irvin, it's hard getting clips from them on Mondays because they just bicker back and forth and interrupt each other. But... Baker Mayfield, I've I've never been too high on him entering the league, partially at the beginning because I was a hater and he went to OU, blah, blah, blah. But now I have gotten past that and we only look at skills and football perspective. I'd be like, he's good, but I feel like his ceiling is Kirk Cousins and the successes that Kirk Cousins has had. That's that's really that's really it. At least that's that's my perspective. But Garrett, is Baker Mayfield kind of holding them back or is he the guy for the Browns? You know, when you have a quarterback that's kind of middle of the pack and, you know, like you said, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr-esque, that kind of tier of quarterback, 
not bad, not terrible, good. When you have a quarterback of that tier, your team has to be just rock solid all the way through. And it is. But they're having some issues with these close games. They're now 3-2. and two. Um, Definitely, I think, a playoff team. But when you have a quarterback who's mid-tier, you have to have them put together just an insane playoff run, basically. Right? Like a Nick Foles did. Yep. Right? And um, it's possible. Does that mean that Cleveland is not above trying to increase their odds? This offseason, there's going to be a lot of interesting quarterbacks available. There's going to be a Deshaun Watson. There's going to be possibly a Russell Wilson. We don't know. True, true. There's going to be possibly an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's going to be a lot of options out there, right? Do they go ahead and say, yeah, we'll throw Baker Mayfield and two firsts at you and see what happens? We want to make a Super Bowl. This is their window. Their team is incredible. What are they going to do? It's it's so hard to to like really picture us because like in it seems like in today's NFL, at least within the past three years or so, like the quarterback position, you have to be spectacular. Like like what like what does Baker Mayfield do well? I mean, we get that we have Patrick Mahomes, his ability to create big plays, Lamar Jackson, his ability to use his feet. Uh, heck, even Dak Prescott, his like his like his mental game. He's still he's still a young QB. How he's able to like see things before it happens and of course you guys have the goat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and uh, Russell Wilson his ability to be like escape and be shifty in the pocket and his deep balls what does Baker what is Baker Mayfield good at like I like like we both agreed on his tier is Kirk Cousins Derek Carr-esque there there's not much that he can do and there's not much that he's proven that he's really good at this or he's really good at that because when you because when it came to situations like it was this weekend against the Chargers and how like it was the very first game of the season against Kansas City when it was a moment that it had to be in his hands that he had to make the decisions he's fallen short and has been kind of disappointing and those are games that you need to win especially if you want to make a deep playoff push and be a Super Bowl team that we all think they are but just missing that 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 play that QB that is on everyone else's level yeah and strange, strange things have ha- happened in the NFL all the time and have happened, you know? So is it possible that he puts together a great playoff run and they go win the Super Bowl? Yeah, it is. It's in the range of possibility. Yeah, but it won't be because of Baker Mayfield. Right, exactly. It'll be because he puts together a really good stretch and the whole team is just suffocating, right? Mm-hmm. So Cleveland's going to have a really interesting decision while uh, you know Baker Mayfield's 50-year option is coming up and whatnot. It's... Uh, gosh. Like, he, he's good. It's just... He, he's progressed slower than, I guess, the other QBs that was also in that draft class and that dra- and other draft classes after him. But it's there's just not really much of an excuse anymore because the Browns are no longer trash. Right. And now it just feels like this Browns team has gone to, like, zero to hero low-key within the past two and a half, three-ish years or so, or at least on that trend. But Baker Mayfield, it's it's... Like Stephen A. kind of put it very well because they were going up against another generational talent in Justin Herbert, who I thought at the beginning when I heard that he could be in the conversation for MVP, and I was like, no, that's ridiculous. But now I'm eating those words because I've watched him a couple times and be like, damn, maybe maybe, maybe I was wrong because this kid, this kid is special. If he becomes MVP in a second year, that's insane, but it looks like it could happen. But you can just see 
like those two quarterbacks and like the talent difference in the the exact same situation of the game but you just saw Justin Herbert completely take control use his talent that generational thing and every and that's what got them the win that's what got them the dub and in the exact same moment that Baker Mayfield had but their final drive to win the game it was just a blunder it, they had they had a I think a minute and 15 seconds left to go down the field and score a touchdown, but they got held up and it ended up having to be like a hail mary and like the like their 50 yard line or something. It was it was a blunder. They messed that up. And Baker Mayfield had that opportunity to go down, march down, and win the game. And I get that is not an easy thing to do, but that is something that is expected now from literally just about every quarterback in the NFL like people who aren't expecting this from people are like okay Jared Goff we don't really expect him to do that or Derek Carr he's done it a couple times but not lately it's just there's just nothing special there's no wow factor to him and that's kind of holding him back in a league that's full of wow factor quarterbacks yep and a team for uh, like Cleveland that's just been floundering for so many years when you get that little taste of success and you make the playoffs for the first time you're over 500 for the first time in god knows how long right that feels great. But when you get to that threshold of being a pretty good team, then you start looking beyond. And you're like, well, the ultimate goal is winning a Super Bowl. So when you get to this point, you have to look at the factors that are holding you back even further. It's like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's been great to elevate this team to playoff status. Can he elevate us to Super Bowl status? Exactly. And like, it's Kirk Cousins. They, Kirk Cousins in like the past couple of years, they've been able to get, get, a, little, get a little playoff push. But then, of course, it falls short because because they've had talent. They have Dalvin Cook, they had Adam Thielen, and they had Stephon Diggs at one point, and that's when they got a pretty a couple of really good runs. And that's what happened, and that's that's the ceiling for me, for for the Browns. And it's such a short window that they have for the guys that they have, and their opportunity to get another quarterback. That's also a short window because now you have to figure out what the heck you're going to do, or you're going to be stuck with Baker Mayfield, and that window is only probably going to be last for maybe another two years at the most yeah because then you have to pay because then you have to pay him so it's it's totally it's such a huge question mark for Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins like we mentioned I mean they're on huge contracts now Derek Carr maybe looks more affordable now compared when he signed it it was one of the richest ones yeah you know he makes like 28 29 million a season whatever now those teams have to construct their roster with that number in mind right now Baker Mayfield is cheap so he's less of a liability when that number gets really high they're, I mean, you know, like the, the Vikings and the, and the Raiders committed to extending these two guys and, you know, they've had less money to play with, less asset, fewer assets to build their team. So if the Browns want to be a really forward-looking franchise, that might involve upgrading from Baker Mayfield, which probably will hurt a lot of fans' feelings. But I don't know if, if you're in the GM and or if you're in the GM seat and you're like, what is going to elevate us? It's going to get one of those primetime quarterbacks. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield will have an opportunity to start somewhere else. He, For sure, he, he does. He does have talent. There is we're, we're not doubting that one bit. He just doesn't have that elite talent. He's very middle of the pack, and he'll. And if they do decide to let him go and have him start for another team, he actually might be even better because maybe that pressure is low-key off of him. We, we don't really know, but that's, that's a lot to handle. And we're going to move on a little bit. But first, we have a nice little message from our friends Tanners, which I was supposed to play this a few minutes ago, but we got going. So here it is. Tanners Bar and Grill, you can sit down and watch the game. Which game? Well... 
With 22 TVs and access to a selection of college sports and NFL programming, you can watch whatever game you want. Located at 1200 Morrow in the Ville, everyone is welcome to grab a bite to eat and enjoy college sports networks like SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and more. Thirsty? Tanner's also has 16 beers on tap and a selection of over 40 craft beers and seasonal drinks. 40 craft beers, everybody. Go over to Tanner's and get lit, but lit responsibly. <laughs> so we talked about Texas and OU. We talked about Bama and Texas A&M. Kansas City, unfortunately for y'all, losing to the Buffalo Bills in a very pivotal game. Baker Mayfield, probably not the guy for the Browns. But now we get to something I'm a little excited about. Go off, go My off. My Dallas Cowboys got the dub this weekend against the New York Giants, which is actually injury galore, and we'll get to that in a second. But we got another clip from Get Up this morning from the fellas over there. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys are a team we have to start talking about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, and all of these other teams, the Arizona Cardinals, that we're thinking can win the NFC. When you're a defense that can turn the football over, but an offense that can score in so many ways, you, you, you saw the pass to C.D. Lamb, you saw the laser yeah. to Amari Cooper. Also, you watched them run the ball for the entire football game. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that, the way that Tony Pollard, the way that Ezekiel Elliott pounded this football the entire football game. When you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they're complete, they have an absolute stud at the quarterback position who is a leader and now a defense that makes makes plays under Dan Quinn. You're so excited if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. We're going to see Jerry Jones on his yacht throwing a party, <laughs> smiling with that face that refuses to move somehow, and it's going to be a great time in the playoffs. I think the thing that the Cowboys are this year that they've never been is consistent. Yeah. No, I, I would say that they're one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. We've talked about this offense, and we've heard that Dak Prescott looks like, like Drew Brees or Peyton Manning when he's operating at the line of scrimmage. And I don't pe- think people really grasp how well Dak is operating and seeing things before they happen for this offense. Listen, these are little things that we have not seen the Cowboys do on a consistent basis. But on third and eight, when your quarterback has such control and knows exactly what the defense is doing, I've got the answer, communicate it, and then your guys do it. That's how you go and create that offense that you feel, man, they're unstoppable. That When I watch that play, it looks like Peyton Manning, old school Colts. I know exactly what you're doing. Don't you I'm say that, change. Dan. Dan. I, but it no, looks like that. People don't want to hear that. It looks like that. People you know don't want to hear that, Dan. I know people, Marcus Spears wants to hear it. Not you that know? Prescott. And man, it, 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 it is an impressive operation. How about them? Ooh. How about them Cowboys? I, I know I shouldn't get too excited because – no like no man has ever hurt my heart more than the Dallas Cowboys I guarantee <laughs> y'all that much so I'm I, I'm taking it one game at a time I'm, I'm take I'm taking my happiness every time I can get it I, I just but but y'all I'm getting a little excited because this offense is is just it's just damn ridiculous and we don't even have Michael Gallup right now that was the first thing I was gonna say we don't even have Lyle Collins right now he's coming back I think next week and then Michael Gallup's coming up I think two weeks from now and then on the defensive side I get it we're getting we're letting wide receivers get get a lot of yards I understand that but baby what we doing we getting takeaways we leading the NFL in takeaways Trayvon Diggs he got his sixth interception in five games my lord have mercy don't throw to that man or do throw to that man whatever I want turnovers because this means this defense is actually cooking Dan Quinn you are God sent man please keep this crap up or I'm gonna be very upset but we even gonna get to that we think positivity we thinking good vibes all good vibes and I'm telling you this defense is also missing some players 
Because we have we have D-Law. He broke his foot a couple weeks back. He won't be back until later in the season. Neville Gallimore hurt himself in the preseason. He's coming back. So I'm just, oh, uh, Donovan Wilson. I'm, okay, I got I to gotta chill out. And Dak Prescott, did you, oh, God, the throws he was making was just so absolutely filthy, disgusting. I was, every time he threw something like that 49-yard touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb, I was like, oh, disgusting. I love it. And then another laser to Amari Cooper. I was like, Jesus, this is this is everything I ever could have wanted. Do you need a sedi- uh, sedative? Maybe. You need a sedative, sedative Jasmine. Maybe, because like, this feels like a drug. <laughs> this feels like an absolute drug, bro, and I'm happy about it. But whew, y'all know how I feel about it. So, Garrett, should the NFL be on the lookout for the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you guys look, God, I mean, your defense just looks so much better than it has the last three, four years. Oh. Like, it, you, you oh. did the right thing. You drafted for secondary. You already had pass rush, good linebackers. Safety's probably the weakest part of that, wouldn't you say? Jerron Curse is killing it. Jerron Curse is killing it? Okay, well, I'm probably wrong about that. I'm just, everybody just... But yeah, I mean, oh, the biggest smile on my face right now, y'all. You're, my cheeks are. You're four and one, and you don't even have a lot of these key players like Michael Gallup, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Like, who can stop that? That is the best trio in the NFL, like by far. Amari Cooper has been playing with broken ribs and a bad hamstring for like three weeks now, too. Yeah, and it doesn't even matter. Nope, because we Zeke, have Cedric Wilson too. Zeke and Tony Pollard, great one-two punch. Uh, my God, like it's just Dak is just cooking every single game now. Offensive line doesn't even look that bad. Oh, no. Offensive line is absolutely pummeling people. I Which love Which is great physicality. because that's been a problem the last couple seasons. Yes, uh, it has. A lot of injuries mm-hmm. in that department. Uh, man, of course you need to look out. I mean, you know, you have the Packers and the Buccaneers in the NFC. You have the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, 49ers. You have no one else, really. And I think you guys can contend with any of those teams, personally. So... I mean, we've seen like these these other NFC teams are getting beat by beaten by each other, and the Cowboys sitting atop their division, primed for possibly a bye if you with the remaining schedule you guys have left. Um, so yeah, I mean, of course everyone needs to look out for the Cowboys. They look tremendous. Absolutely, they do. And granted, I know people are out there gonna say like, oh, what about all the injuries? Which absolutely suck. Saquon Barkley um, looked like he had like a high ankle sprain. Uh, yesterday in the very first quarter so he's going to be out for a couple weeks and then Daniel Jones he he got hit it, like he he lowered his head going for the goal line and I, I respect that he's trying he's putting his body on the line for his team trying to get the touchdown but in the, while doing that he kind of dipped his head head first into uh Jabril Cox the rookie linebacker and Bro, he, he he didn't knock himself out, but he did not even know what planet he was on. No. He probably couldn't even say his own name. He was wobbling. Eyes were glassy. It, it looked really bad. They were like, what's your name? Janiel Dones. Janiel Dones. That's what it is. Dude, he probably couldn't even speak words because of how bad it looked. I was like, my goodness. Because I, I, I never want to see players get hurt. No. I, never. Especially, especially like that. Because one, the NFL needs Saquon Barkley. They, they, they need did him. Did you see his foot? It's swollen. <laughs> It looked terrible. It it looked it looked bad, but luckily he's going to be able to come back in a couple of weeks. The only good thing to come out of this Giants performance was Kadarius Tony having a breakout performance. He had like 189 yards, 10 catches, a touchdown, I think maybe. Um, yeah, he he really broke out as a first rounder, first real game that he had a, a full share of snaps. Um, but that's really the only thing. Everything else went to crap shoot it can go to crap a little bit more because Kadarius Tony got kicked out yeah. in the fourth quarter for throwing a punch that 
thank goodness that he missed because it looked like a hard punch for one, but I've never understood the mindset of football players when they want to fight, that they want to throw a punch at someone's helmet. Why would you want to hit something that is hard? If he, if that yeah. punch would have connected and his hand was broke, what would you be hearing today? Kadarius Tony out for three months with a broken hand after having his first breakout game of the season. It's just really stupid when players do this. It's so stupid. I, I, I always ask. I ask former football players, like, what goes through y'all's head to want to punch somebody in a hard helmet? And they just said it's just the, the heat of the moment. Sometimes yep. you just got to hit a dude. I'm like, bro, if you want to scrap, take your helmets off first first and get to swing and sure whatever but bro these your hands you need your hands especially as a wide receiver geez i don't know you might need your hands more than anybody yeah you need your hands insured they're worth so much money they're worth so much money you and the quarterback's hands need to be protected and you're gonna throw a closed fist punch at a helmet Kadarius tony yeah that I was mean, the that was the bad part i actually kind of forgot about that yeah in the game that that they needed you because uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, uh, Darius Slayton. Evan Ingram was out, wasn't he? No, Evan Ingram, he was still playing. He was playing. Uh, but uh, Kenny Galladay, they, he got injured as well. He got injured during the game. So Everyone. they literally had no more receivers, and Kadarius Tony was it, and that was the reason why he was absolutely balling. And that was also the reason why the Dallas defense didn't look all that impressive because I think they were more prepared for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Dar- and uh, not Darius Slayton, uh, Kenny Galladay. So no, when no, they no, went no, out, no, they're no. like, who, who, who? Do you're we, you're who always do? prepared for Mike Glennon. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all prepared for Mike Glennon, which he didn't get sacked in that damn time. So that's also why I'm thinking, like, he didn't get sacked. He should have been sacked because Randy Gregory, he was on his behind, on Daniel Jones' behind and on Mike Glennon's behind the whole game, but just, just couldn't just couldn't get home. It was so close every time, but we didn't get a single sack, but we did get two interceptions. One was a pick six just – to close out the game just mm-hmm. to let them know what happened but you guys rule this division oh uh, hold on let me knock on wood right now because I, I don't want to get my heart crushed bro is but i'll tell y'all this right now because the cowboys play the kansas city chiefs later in the year i'm prepared for both outcomes i i really am i'll be like humbled if, if we lose i'll be humbled to be like yeah, it is what it is. The Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, they had a rough start at the beginning of the season, but it's all right. It's it's not like we lost to, like, I don't know, the Jaguars or something. No, we're still going to put up points even if we lose. Yeah, but I mean, but if we win, oh, y'all going to hate me. Y'all going to hate me. This entire campus might hate me because, baby, I'm sporting Dallas Cowboys blue and everything, and I'm going to be like, who going to check me? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody just wear a helmet, me. so if someone decides to punch you, then Heck just break no. their hands. I can fight. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you, I will I I will be exactly what y'all think Cowboys fans are, and that's annoying as heck. <laughs> you'll I'll buy do it. it. You'll, you'll buy into the stereotype. I will buy into that stereotype so hard because I've never felt this feeling. I I was just like, is this how y'all feel when your team is good? I, I, I don't I don't know how to contain myself. That's why I need to keep it on the low for now and you guys for were now. good in 2017 was it 20 no was not 2017 Dax? 2016 was Dak's rookie year rookie year and they went 13 and 3 yeah and then this team feels different than that though oh it's way way different because one Dak is seasoned oh he's so much better now he is seasoned and he is fantastic Zeke looked like he got another gear in him he is actually looking low-key like 2016 Zeke and that's a great sight because he led the league in rushing for those two years I think and 
It's and also we don't have Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator for the Giants, and I was like, Revenge there game. he is. There's the good old Jason Garrett. Put your quarterback life on the line, running for the goal line. It his his vanilla offense is no longer our offense. Kellen Moore, boy wonder. Yeah. Oh, that he was cooking. He if you don't tell me, uh, coaches got some egos. Or whatever they used to be, he gonna be like, hey yo 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 yo, watch this, watch this, and it's gonna be a fake toss to Zeke, or like fake the handoff, then fake the toss to Zeke. Just just kidding, get that safety to uh, get that cornerback to bite, and then boop, catch, Zeke catches the ball, does the prime time high stepping into the end zone. I was like, boy. I definitely Kellen. credit Kellen Moore more with your guys' success on offense than Mike McCarthy. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I sometimes I forget about Mike McCarthy. They show him on the screen. I was like, oh hey, there he is. Show 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 Kellen yep. and, and Dan Quinn, if, if you would please, because mm-hmm. I'm just that's that's Kellen's offense. That's Dan Quinn's defense. Everything is just. They're building something here. It's gonna suck when you inevitably lose him to a head coaching job. <laughs> but know, hey, you can you can enjoy it for now. You can enjoy it for now. I don't. Hey, y'all y'all kept Eric Bellamy, right? That's or true. That's true. Yeah, we did. So that might have been more for racism. <laughs> yeah, he might be right. Let me let me retract. Blip blip blip. Let me come back. But uh, Kellen, uh, maybe Jerry. How much would you be willing to fire Mike McCarthy just to keep Kellen Moore? For your head coaching position? We shall see. I mean, that is a bold, bold move, but I kind of would not put that past Jerry. I he's Jerry uses that team like it's his fantasy team. I wish he would do that because yeah. he actually doesn't. He's the he's the one like we like our guys. Uh-huh. And when he said we like our guys all of last season when we were just getting nothing but cooked by everybody and he refused to re- trade players or grit get guys from free agency but as soon as dan quinn came around and probably had to talk to jerry like look here y'all was a dumpster fire this time last year let me fix that but let me do what i need to do and get some guys in free agency let me get uh demonte casey let me get jerron kears like let me let me get these dudes let me draft all defense in this 21 2021 nfl draft helped a lot that's helped a lot because mike nolan gosh my goodness that man should have never had a job in the first place and this this defense was dead, bro. It was it was dead. And now look at us. We're we're like thriving right now, and we are not even at our best. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, man. I hope it continues. I hope it does too. Cause if it if it if it doesn't, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come on here and I'll say I was wrong. I'll do it. I'll, I'll I have I'm grown. to. Root, I commit that I'm wrong. But I have to root for someone this season, and might as well be the Cowboys. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad you said that on national radio. Of course, I'm not afraid. Because some people will hate the Cowboys just because they don't even know why they hate the Cowboys. They'll be like, why do you hate the Cowboys? You can't hate oh, Dak, no. though. You'd He's great. D- Dak is great. And actually, a reminder, uh, this game yesterday against the New York Giants was like the one-year anniversary where he bro- like where he had that compound fracture against the Giants at home. The it, I don't know what Roger Goodell did to schedule it, at the same exact time as this last year, because he even, Dak even said that at the beginning of towards like the first quarter or whatever, that was Loki on his mind, and Dak wasn't playing his best. He had two turnovers and interception, and he fumbled the snap. But then after that, Buddy got cooking. But everything prior to that, I was just like, why would they schedule this game on the one-year anniversary of Dak's gruesome injury? I don't know why, but he took all that pain and agony, and he div- he just directed it at the Giants and. Apparently, just all that bad juju just hurt every single player on their team. 
I yeah, I that's what it looked like. I was like, bro, I've never seen so many injuries happen on one team in one game. That was ridiculous. Hopefully they all come back soon, which I think they will, of course. My heart goes out to Daniel Jones because he I know Saquon Barkley's ankle was like ballooned up, but he looked like he got the worst of it, Daniel Jones did. He had to be carted off the field because this man could not stand up straight. It, it was rough. So hopefully they'll get him back soon because Daniel Jones was actually doing a pretty good job despite them losing close games. He wasn't being his normal Daniel Jones self. Yep. We never root for injuries. Uh, healthy teams make better games, and I hope everyone gets back to normal decently soon and keeps healthy the rest of the season, hopefully. Absolutely. But, guys, it's been a fun one. That has been it for us. I'm glad you were able to tune in. Please come back next Monday for Running Back here on Wildcat 91.9. You can follow me on Twitter at jayswitit. That is J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T. Thank you very, very much, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.